welcome, 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 Fireside. Hey, the Burnettes didn't say that, but Luke is an accountant. Um, he does everyone's tax for free if you want to ask him about that. Um, Me Megan was in the nonprofit sector. Now she works in some kind of science kind of thing. But um, we have a very, very special Sunday for you all. And we have a, a guest preacher. Uh, he came all the way from India, and he... He told me the name of the village, and I cannot pronounce it, but it's Southern India. We're just going to leave it that, Southern India. And um, he has quite the story. I had the opportunity to have lunch with him. Now, Ron Boutelet, right over here, Ron has traveled to India a couple times and has preached there at his home church, and now Emmanuel's returning the favor to preach at our church. And I will just say this. When you talk with Emmanuel, it really humbles your faith you know it humbles your faith we talk about persecution about feeling bad and he talks about persecution as your life is being threatened and so he's here to share a little bit about that so Emmanuel, why don't you come on up here i want to pray for you brother and uh then I'll hand you the mic. All right. Lord, we thank you for, Emmanuel, what you're doing in this man's life, what you're doing in India and across the globe. You are a global God. Lord, give us eyes to see that you are a God that goes beyond this area, this nation, Lord. That you are actively moving not only in America, but in India and everywhere else. Lord, we pray that the spirit that you've given Emmanuel will just go and speak through him. Thank you for this gift. In your name we pray. Amen. Here you go, buddy. So, hallelujah. Thank you all so much uh, for being here this morning, and I'm so happy to be with you all uh, this morning. I'm happy because I'm going to India tomorrow. I'm going to get my own authentic food. <laughs> but last whole week, I'm having some Indian food. I'm with Pastor Ron, so every time food, 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 so... I'm really excited to go back, but before that, I wanted to share a few things that God has kept in my heart to share with the church of U.S. this morning. And uh, my name is Emmanuel. I come from south part of India, and my state name is uh, Andhra Pradesh. And I come from city of Vijayawada. Uh, it's a capital city of our state right now. So I come from South, and our ministries, our name is Elohim Prayer Ministries International. I'm pastoring there. We have 35 churches working with us right now in India. So here I am today. I want to start my sermon asking the question. We expect from God to do that, to do this, to bless, to heal, to bring peace, to do that. Have you ever thought, what would God expectations over our lives when he come back? We go to church or we pray every time with an expectation. Lord, heal somebody. Lord, bless somebody. Lord, give that, give this. Or take care of that, take care of this. And we believe God is going to do that. And this morning I would like to tell you, He's going to come back again, and he's, when he sees you, you, God is going to have an expectation upon you. Have you ever thought about it? Well, Jesus was on the earth 2,000 years back. He lived his best age of 
three and a half years doing in ministry. He had multitude followed him. He had many disciples. He had many people who followed him. He does many miracles. But out of that, he had 12 separated people called disciples of Jesus. He was continuously teaching them, I'm going to crucify and I'm going to resurrect. Those are the people who saw many miracles in their life where they saw dead Lazarus rise from the dead, Peter walking on the water, Jesus turning water into wine. They saw many miracles. And at that time, Jesus was teaching, I'm going to resurrect, I'm going to come back. Same way as Jesus said, he came to the earth, he crucified, and he raised from the dead. So we are here today because we don't worship or serve a dead God. We worship a resurrection God. And the same gate, the resurrection, God said, I am going to come back. At the end, I'm going to come back. And my question is, when he comes back, when he comes to you or when he comes, to you, when he comes down to take the church, what are the expectations that God is expecting from a church or from a people, from his people. And are we really making his expectations? Are we onto the mark? Or sometimes we were not able to reach there. I'll tell you a few things that happened in the Bible. In John chapter 20 verses 12 and 13. After the resurrection, Jesus met this precious lady. Her name is Mary. Mary was having so much intimacy relationship with God. She saw many miracles of Jesus and she had so much of trust in God. And God, Jesus said to Mary, I'm going to die, I'm going to crucify, but I'm going to resurrect. Mary is a special woman where she had a very close relationship with Jesus, where she knew the power of Jesus, where she saw the power of Jesus, she know he can do anything, but yet, when Jesus met Mary, Mary was not on the mark of God's expectation. Jesus expected Mary not to forget the promise. Jesus promised, I'm going to come back, no matter what. Nothing is going to hold my resurrection. And he did it. And Jesus expected from Mary, I want you to remember my promise. I want to stop here and want to talk about it. If I ask a question, have you ever received a promise from the Lord? I can see many hands raising up. You might receive promise or the word from the Lord through visions, dreams, through sermons, through worship, at any way. But my question is, are we really sticking or remembering the promises that God has made into our life. Most of the time, it's easy to talk, but it's hard to keep it in action. We say, Lord, we worship you. We See, that's why I tell this verse, Christians does not lie, but they sing lies. You know? Like, Lord, I trust you. Lord, I know what you're going to do. It. We sing a very beautiful song. I'm sorry, I'm not speaking about any choir team who sang. You did a good job. 
but i wanted to make you understand many times we are, we forget the promises that god has given to our life god has a promise for you for you for everybody here god has promised something same way god promised jesus promised mary that mary you know what i'm going to come back so what mary is supposed to do she's supposed to wait till jesus comes when jesus comes mary is supposed to praise him but instead of praising him when she saw the empty tomb she was crying terrified somebody might stolen jesus coming to our situations when the situations go against us when something happens which we don't expect to happen when our health goes when our debts is too much we very often forget the promise of god and we complain in god saying lord somebody might stolen jesus but you already had a promise that i'm going to come back mary instead of praising god started complaining let me tell you one incident that took in my life where i forgot the promises of god so god called me to do evangelism in the unreached areas of india so we do crusades where we have done more than 65 crusades in this year baptized 935 people from january 1st of 2023 till today so one crusade this is happened in the year of 2018 so one crusade we went to a village and uh, we carry the generators to to plug in the power electricity uh, so we have all these sounds set up we uh, we did all the lights so our worship st- worship team started singing songs worshiping everybody are coming in and there was the woman who gave the land to do the crusade she was in a hurry because the meeting is getting over so the the guy who did the electrical job have forgot to tape the place where they got the uh, the wires connected so with that rush she didn't observe it and she she stamped on on that electricity and she got shock and nobody could notice because it was dark in a place because we keep our generators a little longer because it's loud noise and nobody watched it so she was there on the current shock like 10 minutes 15 minutes once the power went off for the lights and everything we came to know something happened wrong we went back to see and it's already been long time and she was dead who told you to do the crusade it's god who told you to go to that village it's god who told you to do who told you to preach the gospel what do you mean by the gospel gospel is not just about sharing the word of god but also do the miracles that's what i believe that's what bible says so i told to my team the first thing leave the equipment and run so some of them already ran and some of them said well we are here to face together so there are few people who are waiting for me and i am instead of praying i'm searching the ways to escape i know god is a promise keeper i know he's a miracle worker i know he can raise from the dead but me at that situation i wanted to think which way is the best way to escape from here so all the people started surrounding me and said because of you because of your crusade she was dead and i know they go 
they're going to punish me, they're going to kill me, they're going to beat me, they can do whatever they want. And it's a deeper village where not even police can come. You know? So I don't know anything. I could not hear anything from the Lord. I was just standing like that. I wanted to escape somehow. Slowly, I started hearing from the Lord. Why don't you pray? Come on. It's easy to tell, to pray in the midst of problem. It's, it's very hard to do that there because, Lord, already I'm in a problem. Already people are trying to get me. People are trying to, you know, persecute me, to beat me for having this crusade. And you want me to pray again? What happens if nothing takes place? So I was, I was my body started shivering. I was... Took to, I, was, I, I went into the stage, I brought her, I asked her to brought, uh, bring her to the uh, stage. Everybody is saying there were like 150, 200 people in that crusade. They were looking at me in a way that if nothing happens, we're going to bury you here in this right place. So I'm not able to pray because of the situations where am I at. So I was just asking somebody to pray, come on, pray, come on, pray, but I'm not praying. I'm just standing there. So in the meantime, God started speaking to me. Focus on me. Focus on the promise that I have given to you. Lord, it's not a sick person. It's not a lame person. It's not a, dead, it's not a deaf person. We have a dead person right here. What should I do? And we never see dead raising miracles till that time. And slowly I was hearing, I want you to lay your hand and pray. And I was not able to take my hand out of my pocket. Because if I, if I lay my hand on her, I know it is going to be my last day. I was like, Lord, am I hearing you really? And sometimes I even did, I rebuked that because I don't know it is from God. Sometimes when we don't want to do something that God wants us to do, we often give so much excuses, right? And say, Lord, is it really your will? The main thing is we don't want to do it. In the same way, I don't want to do it. I was like, Lord, what should I do? God said, no, I want you to stretch your hand and pray. So there was 15 to 20 minutes of conversation between me and God. I said, no. God says, yes. I said, no. God said, yes. So after 15 minutes, he said, this is your time. I want you to show your faith. So I, I took my hands out. I stretched on her and said, Lord, thank you for the healing. And nothing happened. God said, I want you to praise, praise, sing a song. What song can we sing? Like my voice started, you know, everything went off, no cards, nothing. So, but I, I hold a mic, I was like, hallelujah. I started singing, singing. Like after seven, eight minutes, I started hearing a lady voice coming out of the stage. Immediately I opened my eyes, but still there was a dead body. So I know, Lord, I'm, I don't know what I'm going to do here. I don't know what is happening. God said, stop everything and say, people, look at yourself. So I was like, stop said, everybody look at this thing. said, I hold in my hand and said, Lord, thank you for your healing. Thank you for your miracle. 
Thank you for raising from the dead. Let God alone be glorified. She immediately raised from the dead on the stage right before everybody is saying. But my question is, I know he's a miracle worker, but I forgot the promise. And instead of working on it, I was like, I don't want to do it, Lord. Like Mary. Mary know the promise, he's going to come back. But she forgot that and she was searching where Jesus is. Many times when we are in troubles, when we are in problems, when we are in situations which we don't like to happen in our life, you know, we don't remember the promises of God. This morning I would like to tell you, God, if God has promised something in your life, he will do it for you at any cost. He promised Abraham, I'm going to bless you with a child. Abraham was 99. He was not fit to have a baby, but he made him fit to have a baby. There's nothing is impossible to the Lord. The only thing is, God wants you to remember the promise that God has given to you. The biggest challenge of the church of this century is, they come to church every Sunday, they sing songs, they worship, they pray, they give the offerings, they do everything. But once they go back to their home, when they, have the, when they have problems back, they very often forget the promises that God has given to you. God said, I'm here to do anything, but I want you to remember your promise. You know, after Mary, Jesus met one more person. In John chapter 20, verses 27, Jesus met Thomas. So Thomas was one of the disciples. So the first expectation God is expecting from a church when he come back, he wants you to remember the promise that God has given to you. And the second expectation that God is expecting from a church when he come back is to trust him Completely. He came to Thomas. Thomas was disciple. Thomas knew the story that he's going to come back. But when, when Jesus came to Thomas, instead of Thomas, Lord, thank you for coming. He said, I want to check your wounds and I want to make sure it is you. Many times, God have done many miracles in your life. He heard your prayers. He answered your prayers. You saw miracles happening literally with your eyes. But when other situation comes, it's being hard for us to trust God. That's where your miracle is being stopped without happening. Thomas saw many miracles. Thomas know the power of the Lord. But yet he said, I want to see the wounds. There's a group like this in every churches. They see miracles, they walk in miracles, they hear about miracles. You see many people coming to the stage and they, they testify God healed them from cancer, God took away from the deaths, God did that, God did this. But still, we don't want to trust God completely. So one day Jesus was walking on the water, Peter said, Lord, if it is you, I really wanted to walk on the water. We are like Peters. When we see something is happening, we are the quickest people. We want to jump onto the water. We walk. 
for certain time when we change our focus when we see something else when we see something big when we see something new our focus is shifted our trust is shifted that's why we are falling down sinking down into the waters like peter did so this morning when jesus comes again second time he is expecting you to trust him completely in your life with your actions with your words yes it might be a biggest trouble i will tell you one thing so one of my friend who is a pastor now he's having a good church now he came to me one morning and said you know pastor god is showing me to go to that place to do ministry and i went there to see with him it's full of woods and those big mountain after crossing that mountain they have a people group of 200 300 people and i told him are you mad god wants you to speak to the trees and woods you heard god wrong i want you to pray again so he came back after 21 days he said no pastor god is showing me to go there i'm going there so he took his family he cut off some trees so he he had his family went with him he had some heart in the words he started praying because he's working with me i have to go and encourage him so i make sure twice in a month i'm going i'm praying for him so one day god, he he told me and said you know there's a word in the bible if you have a faith if you have a trust of a mustard seed sized this mountain will go from here to there so what are you going to do that he was like you know i'm going to pray god to move this mountain from here to there i was like okay that's good thing but inside i was like how fool you are that's not going to happen but the faith the trust he had in the lord is so big he said god said he will do it and he will do it and i can't say no i was like okay bro if you have that faith come on go ahead so every day he wake up and say lord i have that faith i in the name of jesus i command the mountain to move 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 six months the mountain is still there one year the mountain is still there after a few days i was i went there to visit him we are all having lunch into the woods we have like 15 20 cars came in and there was this big guy with suit he came in what are you doing here who are you are you a terrorist why are you hiding in the woods and stuff he said i'm a pastor god wants me to be here so i'm here so he said i'm a christian too here we are building a big multinational company here and more than 600 to 1000 people are coming and after them 3 400 people are christians and we are playing or planning to have a church constructed here and would you be the pastor of the church and he was very happy about it but his vision is to reach that group too he said and we want you to move from here because the first thing we are doing is we are bombing the mountain because we are constructing the multinational company right at the mountain so god does you know he does it no matter what for him for me even we take a stone every day and keep it would be some 100 year, 100 years for me to move the mountain 
But one day, God just need a minute to move the mountain. And today, there is no mountain. There's a big highway. He had a church of 400 to 500 people coming in, worshiping the Lord. The only thing is trust. My question is, we say we trust. Again, we sing, my trust is in you, Lord. My faith is in you, Lord. But what is happening when we are in those situations where we say, Lord, where are you? Why is this happening? Why did you allow this to happen? I'm quitting church because you did this to me. I know many people do that. I'm not here, but in my country I'm talking about. Hey, why have you not been to the church? Oh, I pray for something. God have not done that. So I quit the church. That's not about it. Trusting God when it seems impossible is the biggest faith that you have. When we have everything, when we are in a comfortable zone, it's easy to trust. But trusting God when we lose our comfortable zone, when we are in a danger zone, brings your faith high and brings God to do miracle in your life. I never expected somebody will come and move the mountain, but God made somebody to do it. Now he had made his promise. He had made his word came true because this person had trust in God. Sometimes our trustlessness our unfaithfulness is becoming the hindrance for us to receive the word, receive the miracle from the Lord. God is expecting you to trust him no matter what. Yes, it might be impossible to you. It might be you know, a big thing for you. David stood before Goliath. Goliath is a big guy. It's impossible. But David trusted God. God gave him the victory. I don't know with whom you're fighting today. I was led by the Spirit to tell you He's going to give you the victory. But the only thing is, our God wants you to trust Him completely. Trust God. Even if you fall, even if you sink, He will give you His hand to pick you up. The only thing is, trust and take a step. We say we trust, but we really don't mean when we don't put it into the actions. And the third expectation that God is expecting from every one of us. John chapter 20 verses 19. Jesus went to Jews. I mean disciples. First expectation, God wants you to remember your promise that God has given to you. Second expectation, God wants you to trust him no matter what. And third thing, God wants you to stand for God. Disciples had a very close relationship. He ate with them. He traveled with them. They traveled. They slept with him. They ate with him. They did all miracles. They saw Jesus doing it. But yet, instead of they waiting for the resurrection, they closed the door, scaring to death, Jews would come and attack them. So there's no Jesus. Jesus was on the grave. What were disciples supposed to do? They should stand for the Lord. 
and preach the gospel. But they closed the door and said, we are not going to stand for the Lord. Again, it's easy to talk about standing for the Lord. It's hard to keep in the action. So 2019, God woke me up one day morning while my daily prayer, he said, he gave me a word called Yangun. I never know where it is. I don't know what it is. So I checked in the Google. I'm not good at spelling, so Google have not showed me it. So after a few days, my sister was searching for a song with the help of microphone option. I don't know that they have a microphone option in Google. So she was saying one song. I was like, wait a minute. Why don't I try that? So I took my phone and I, 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 I pronounced the name Yangun in, in Google. And they took me to straight away to Myanmar. I never knew about that place. I don't know anything about that place. I never been there. Never, never. I don't know any friends of mine. Then I said, like, Lord, I know you're talking about something about Myanmar. Now tell me, what should I do? So God said, I want you to go there to do some crusades, some, to do some culture, cultural festivals and preach the gospel. But listen, you may not come back alive Listen carefully, he didn't say you will not come back. He said you may not come back alive if you go to Myanmar. So let's wait a minute and think about it. Who, anybody in, the, in this room, including me, are we ready to say yes for that? I got more excuses, Lord, I, won't, I will send some funds so somebody can go there. Look, Lord, I will, send, I will send all the equipments so somebody can use it and preach the gospel. Lord, I have family. I have orphans to take care of. I have ministries to take care of. I have my parents to take care of. And my health is not good, Lord. Why are you expecting me to go there? I said, I want you to go. So I stopped praying for a week or 10 days so God will stop talking to me to go there. Because he already told me to go and you, you may not come back with life. Say, if God comes to you, hey, go to India. I'm going to protect you. I'm going to bless you if you go to India. And I'm going to bring you safe. Everybody in this room can book a cruise or a plane and we can go. But I want you to go to India. But you may not come back with the life. Who will be ready to go? Not everybody, right? Even me. I said, no, Lord, no. Two months, no. Three months, no. So one fine day, God said, if not you, who is going to, who is going to there for me? So I took a commitment. I said, Lord, thank you for giving my life till today. I know my life was short. I was like, okay, Lord. I took a decision. I wanted to go to Myanmar. The moment when I, took, when, I plan, when I took a commitment, I have some rules for the Lord. Lord, if it is your will, I want somebody to give me this much amount of money because I don't want to pay out of my pocket to go there. It's your job. An <laughs> unknown person never met called me from India. I said, I don't know who are you. I want you. I want to donate exactly the amount that I prayed to my ministry. Lord... 
you did it so fast. Sometimes he doesn't do it fast. So the money came in in two days. So the next thing is, Lord, I'm applying for a visa. I want that visa to come in 12 hours. If not, I'm, I'm quitting. I will know that it is your not will. Because I want somehow to find an excuse. And I never saw any country accepting a visa in seven hours. <laughs> and generally, I don't get reminders on my email. But that day, the reminder was flashing. Your visa got confirmed. Your visa got confirmed. Your visa got confirmed. So, no other way. So I booked my tickets. I didn't tell anything about anything because my parents may not let me go there. So I took a commitment to go in the year of 2019. I went to Yangon. Uh, there's an organization called Global Disciples. With that organization, there was one brother from other side of Man uh, Myanmar we helped uh, him to come to me, so he was there. With his local contacts, we did some pastoral, I mean, cultural uh, meetings. We are not allowed to do crusades there. So we, are, we did cultural th stuff, like we, I started speaking about Indian culture, then Jewish culture. From there, I went to speak about wedding of Canaan and how Jesus turned water into wine, and I started preaching the gospel. So I was planned to be there about like 10 days, Nine days, the meetings was very awesome. I was able to baptize 23, 24 people in those nine days. So there was only one day. I'm really excited. I packed my clothes. I called to my family. I'm coming tomorrow. I want somebody to come pick me up from the airport. That and this. Everything is done. So the next day morning, the pastor came to me and said, you know, today it's going to be a good number. We're going to have 200, 250 people coming into a cultural festival. So be prepared for that. I was so happy about it. So I stood up. I started preaching about, uh, again, the Jewish culture and all the stuff. So there was a Buddhist guru sitting right before me, like two, three rows. He is with his followers of youngsters, like seven, six, seven people. He was shouting all of a sudden, I want to come onto the stage. I want to come onto the stage. I'm, I wanted to come. I know he's up there to stop the meeting, to interrupt the meeting. But there is no other way. I can't skip him. I was like, okay, let him come. The moment when he came, he pulled the microphone out of my hand. And he was screaming and he was in tears. He said, I don't know who you are for the first time in my life. I started hearing, I started seeing. That Buddhist guru gave life there at that moment to Jesus. Be seeing that one miracle, almost 100 people came forward for the baptisms. I'm rejoicing. And the followers who came along with Jesus, uh, along with this um, Buddhist guru, went back and brought 20, 30 people. Youngsters, they broke the mic system, they broke the chairs, they scattered the people, they beaten me very badly with the sticks onto my last breath. And at my last breath, they holded me this way, one leg, one hand, one leg, like this. And they were, you know, onto the ground like four feet, and they, they have a microphone onto my mouth and said, now you say, Jesus is not God. My body says, hey, don't worry. 
Nobody from your church. Nobody from your community. You did what God wants you to do it. Come on, be wise and say Jesus is now the Lord and leave. I prepared to say Jesus is now the Lord because the pain that I'm going through. I was on the last breath. I was breathless. I was like, <gasps> that type of breath I'm breathing there. So I opened my mouth to say, hey, Jesus is not the Lord. But inside of me, there was a voice. Isn't it the faith? Isn't it the way that you stand for me? Standing for the Lord when you have everything is easy, brothers and sisters. It's hard to stand where there's nothing. Again, it's easy to say for me, standing in a nice comfortable zone with you, but it is, it is very hard for me to take that decision when people are beating me very badly. After hearing that, I was like, anyway, I was about to die. Why would I say no to Jesus? So I said, Jesus loves you. The moment when I said that, they, they pulled me to the ground. They squeezed me with the legs. I was out of my breath. I was like, they thought I'm dead. And they left. After 10, 15 minutes, the, the people who, who gave the life, they became stand firm because of the faith that they saw in me. So they used some uh, green, the leaves, the healing leaves. They poured some hot water and, and I was able to breathe after 30, 40 minutes. And that night, we baptized those 100 people. My question is, it's easy to stand and say about Jesus. Well, we have one, in one crusade this year, we have more than 10,000 people coming in. That was an easy platform for me to stand for the Lord. Because I have, what do you call, the bouncers, I have the security, I have the cameras, I have the police. I can say, Jesus loves you, Jesus heals you, but here, there's nobody, I'm on the, I'm, I'm on the last breath, I have to say about Jesus. A lot of times, we don't want to stand for the Lord. When we have everything, we worship God. We serve God. We stand for the Lord. But when, the th when things happen against us, when things happen which we doesn't expect that to happen, which we don't like to happen, we don't want to stand for the Lord. And God has not called you for that. God wants you to stand. Even everything is good. Even everything is bad. When it came to the situation of cross, God chosen you for the pain. It's like, I can bear the pain, but I want my people to be saved. He didn't left you alone, even at the time of pain. And my question is, are you really standing for the Lord? We hear the word, we believe in miracles, we pray, we do everything what pastor says or the Bible says, the word says. But still, are we standing for the Lord in these end days? We are in the days of the end. He is coming soon. It's not still time to hear of life stories of Paul and Peter. It's time for you to raise up and stand for the Lord. And Jesus is coming soon. 
And the fourth thing, I'm sorry if I'm taking a long time. I'm going to finish it in five minutes. Uh, so the fourth expectation that God is expecting us in the book of John 21 verses 5 says, Jesus met Peter. You know where Peter is at? He's fishing. He forgot his call. God called Peter not to be a fisher, fisher thing. He wants Peter to, you know, fish the people. But because Jesus was not there, because Jesus was died, because Jesus was crucified, he thought Jesus will be in the grave everlasting, so I want to go back to my life. Most of the time when we hear the sermons, when God speaks to you, we take a commitment. But once we go out of the church, very easily we forget our commitments. Very easily we forget our calls. But God says, I am the one who called you to do that. Jesus was not at all happy with Peter when Jesus saw Peter fishing. And my question is, how Jesus is going to respond when he sees you, when he come back? Many times we forget the call. Yes, the situations make us to forget the call. But that doesn't mean Jesus will leave you alone. No, he will never leave you nor, nor forsake you. So this morning I would like to give a moment of time for you. I want you to close your eyes. Just a minute. I want you to speak with the Lord. I want everybody in the house to close your eyes, please. And a God is speaking to you this morning. I don't know what promises that God has given to you. I don't know in which way God wants you to stand for him. Church, God had a plan for you. Everybody, each and every individual here, God had a plan for you. Think about it. How was your life when you came to Christ? How was your life when you received that word from the Lord? There was a days where you spent hours together. But now you became busy and you're forgetting the promises of God. That's why every problem is trying to scare you. You forgot the powerful God in your life. I wanted to invite you once again Come back to the Lord. Remember the promise that God has given to you. Trust him. He can move the mountain. I don't know with which mountain you're fighting. This morning very clearly I hear what God says. God is ready to give you the victory. But he wants you to trust him. He can move that mountain away from you. Without your trust. That mountain is never, never, never going to move. And are you really standing for the Lord? Many times you forget the call that God has given to you. Take a moment and pray. Father, we thank you so much for speaking to us. Help us to remember your promises. Help us to trust you completely no matter what, God. Help us to stand for you no matter what our situations are. In these end days, Lord, use us for the extension of your kingdom.
And Lord, help us to remember the call that you have given to us. We bless everybody here. Thank you for talking to us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.